You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from RAND. I'm Evan Banks. And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's February 2nd. Effective disease-modifying therapies would be a breakthrough in slowing the progression of early-stage Alzheimer's disease, potentially changing the lives of millions of Americans. And two of these Alzheimer's therapies have already been approved by the FDA. However, widespread availability of these treatments would create big challenges for the U.S. healthcare system, including increased caseloads for dementia specialists and long wait times for patients. In a new study, RAND researchers used modeling to better understand how these challenges could play out between 2025 and 2044. They found that the healthcare system's capacity to detect, diagnose, and treat early-stage Alzheimer's varies significantly across the country, from state to state. Additionally, average patient wait times may be three times longer in rural areas compared with urban areas. The researchers identified one particular change that could help deliver care faster, enabling primary care providers to diagnose and evaluate patients for Alzheimer's therapies. In fact, our data suggests that shifting toward a model that puts primary care in the lead would make the biggest impact on increasing the number of people treated for early-stage Alzheimer's. While primary care physicians are already technically capable of performing cognitive assessments, most do not do so because of time constraints and competing demands. That's why it would be important to provide training, improved reimbursement rates, and new guidelines to fully integrate primary care doctors into the detection and diagnosis pathway for Alzheimer's care. Overall, our analysis shows that if the American healthcare system fails to ease the demand on specialists for evaluation and diagnosis of cognitive impairment, then many people with early-stage Alzheimer's may not benefit from new treatments when they become available. As outer space becomes more contested, congested, and competitive, U.S. cooperation with allies in this domain is critical. However, there appears to be a growing gap between what the United States says and what the United States does when it comes to allied space cooperation. This has created a perception among some U.S. allies that space cooperation is an afterthought, rather than an activity Washington is pursuing by design. A RAND report published this week explores this problem examining current U.S. space relationships between the U.S. and six key allies, Australia, Canada, France, Germany, Japan, and the United Kingdom. The authors found that these allies generally regard U.S. space capabilities as dramatically greater than their own. They also recognize the U.S. as the intellectual leader on space issues and appreciate the training and exercise venues the U.S. provides. At the same time, these allies are frustrated by the inconsistency of U.S. positions on space policy, and they cite issues within U.S. organizations that prevent cooperation. The report provides recommendations for addressing these issues. To start, the authors say the United States should be, quote, forthright, consistent, and clear with allies about when and where space cooperation and information sharing are possible. Further, 
U.S. decision makers should consider how to overcome constraints on sharing classified information with allies. This includes potentially revising Department of Defense and Department of the Air Force regulations to grant greater disclosure authority to some agencies. Another key is that the Pentagon should build on its efforts to create a department-wide approach to space-related activities. This means addressing overlapping and ambiguous roles and responsibilities within DOD and better articulating the U.S. vision for allied cooperation in space. After nearly two years of intense combat, the war in Ukraine might be at a tipping point. Although some claim that the conflict is at a stalemate, according to Rand's William Courtney and Peter Wilson, the reality is more complex. Soldiers on both sides may be exhausted, they say, but Russian morale appears to be low. Moscow's failed ground strategy has left it with old, low-quality equipment, while Ukraine is benefiting from modern Western munitions. Ukraine has also resumed much of its grain exports despite Russian mines, many of which have been cleared out with the help of NATO allies Bulgaria, Romania, and Turkey. Ukraine will also soon operate F-16 fighter bombers, which could down Russia's cruise missiles and destroy its air defenses. Other short-range weapons from the U.S. are in the pipeline as well. Still, Ukraine faces major challenges. For example, it lacks sufficient weapons of its own to attack facilities in Russia from which strikes on Ukraine are launched. Importantly, the U.S. does not allow its weapons to be used to strike internationally recognized Russian territory. Further, Putin has made it clear that he still seeks total conquest, and Russia's military campaign likewise reveals no hint of restraint. This is why Ukraine should not be lured by the, quote, siren song of negotiations or a ceasefire, Courtney and Wilson say. Instead, the West might consider raising the stakes in the conflict and providing Ukraine with longer-range weapons. These weapons could help protect and guide Ukraine's F-16s, They might also spur Russian forces to move logistics and command hubs farther back, diminishing their ability to support frontline operations. Quote, Now is the time to uparm Ukraine with longer-range weapons and unleash the nation to make the best use of them. Artificial intelligence is poised to transform how electricity is produced and consumed. This has a big upside, but... Unsurprisingly, there are serious risks as well. Let's start with the potential benefits. AI could optimize energy consumption, reducing waste while improving efficiency and comfort levels. It could also help to better forecast energy demand and supply, which would help energy providers adjust their production and distribution and reduce the risk of blackouts. AI could also help integrate renewable energy sources into the grid by helping better predict when solar and wind sources will be available and adjusting energy storage and consumption to optimize their use. On to the challenges and potential dangers. One of the biggest hurdles is the outdated power system infrastructure. Many of these systems were built decades ago and are not equipped to handle the demands of a powerful new technology. Therefore, significant investments will be required to update the grid to integrate AI. 
Another major risk associated with AI in the electricity system is the potential for cybersecurity breaches and intrusions into critical systems. Further, when an AI application is designed to optimize efficiency, it can overlook ethical considerations. For instance, imagine an AI system that manages the power supply to homes. If a section of transmission and distribution experiences congestion, the AI model may prioritize overall efficiency over the needs of individual homes. In this scenario, the AI model would reduce the power supply to some homes to maintain overall efficiency, even if it means certain homes will be left without power. This could expose vulnerable populations to outages based on unfair or discriminatory criteria. The challenges are clear, but what can be done to mitigate these risks while also maximizing the potential benefits of an AI-backed power grid? According to RAND experts, this is the question that policymakers must start considering now. Because, despite the many principles and guidelines that exist for developing and deploying AI more broadly, there are currently no policies or principles explicitly tailored for the electric sector. Such policies will be critical to developing and maintaining resilient and adaptable infrastructure. In fact, the future of the electricity system may depend on it. That's it for this week's episode. If you'd like to learn more about what we discussed today, check out the show notes at rand.org slash podcast. We'll see you next week. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis.